0: Hey, this is Ashlyn Beakley, and you are listening to All My Life, a podcast all about what it really means to follow Jesus and make disciples, because once we have encountered the living God and been set free from our sin, everything else radically shifts for all of our life. Hey guys, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. This episode is a hundred percent unscripted um, because today I really just wanted to be able to invite y'all in to what it looks like for me to study scripture, for me to sit with the Lord and dive into His Word, um, and really just kind of show you guys. What that looks like for me, and that there's no formula for this, but there are some places to start and kind of be able to use this opportunity to demystify this a little bit to make it seem a little bit less scary or intimidating. If you look at the Bible, if you look at scripture and you're like, I have no idea where to start, I don't know how to quote study the Bible, Um, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, This is for you. I feel like the Holy Spirit just put this on my heart to um, make. And I actually had a hard time coming up with exactly like what in scripture I wanted to use for this and decided on um, Psalm 86 because Psalms is the book of the Bible that the Lord used to capture my heart and to captivate my heart. And whenever I was on my knees in front of the Lord and just in really a desperate place, Psalms is the book that he gave to me, um, Psalms literally goes through every emotion that you can think of. And David wrote, um, a large chunk of the Psalms, probably most of the Psalms, if I'm not wrong, but, um, David literally experiences every single emotion. He just like pours his heart out to the Lord and it's really, really beautiful. And so I wanted to talk about that today and just like literally go through a psalm with you guys and talk out loud about, you know, what's going on in my head and what I would be talking about with the Lord as I would sit down and read this with Him. Um, And I also kind of wanted to just start this with um, saying that a lot of the times, and I know that, like, when I was growing up, I thought reading the Bible was all about application. It was reading it to change something about my life, change something I'm doing, become holier, become more godly. And those are really good things, but it's not the first thing that we should do in reading the Bible. The first thing to do in reading the Bible is to read it, to understand and know who God is. God gave us his word and God gave us scripture so that we could come to know him and know him on a personal and intimate level. And especially the book of Psalms, it's like we literally just get to see the character of God and he reveals himself to us through scripture. And then, you know, after we read and understand what it's saying and who it's who scripture is saying, or God is, then we can say, okay, now what does this mean for my life? How should I be responding to things? How should I be thinking and acting and speaking and dwelling on and really how should this overflow into every area of my life? But first, um, I really believe that we need to ask ourselves, you know, like what is this saying about my God? Because Christ is our life. Um, if you're a believer. And so I also want to say before we dive into this that um, reading my Bible is literally the best part of my day, or one of the best parts of my day. And it used to not be like that. And so, if you're a believer and you just really don't have the desire to be in the Word, um, you don't have the desire to spend that time with the Lord, and you're maybe kind of lukewarm in your faith, I urge you to go and talk to the Lord about it. I urge you to ask him why you feel lukewarm and to ask him to give you that desire and then open your Bible. Because when you open your Bible, you fall in love with Jesus and Satan does not want you to fall in love with Jesus. So Satan's going to tell you that you are not adequate enough to study scripture on your own. Satan's going to tell you that you are not equipped to understand scripture. He's going to tell you that It is boring and it's not applicable in your life right now or that you will not get to know the Lord through scripture alone. Because if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you and the word of God in front of you, I really believe that that is enough. So I love to wake up, pour myself a cup of coffee and go sit in my cute little apartment living room uh, before my roommates get up, honestly, and just sit with the Lord and Honestly, a lot of the times I sit with him for a solid hour in the morning, reading scripture, reading my new morning mercies devotional by Paul um, Tripp, and pulling out my journal and just talking to him and sometimes just saying, good morning, Lord, writing it out and talking to him about my day and just praying and being with him. And it's so life giving. And a lot of the times I'll wake up in the morning and feel kind of anxious or just uneasy or just not excited about the day at all. And when I get to go and start my day with the Lord and sit with him, whether that's in my living room or if I'm hopping in my car and driving to one of my favorite coffee shops, it literally is just so life-giving and I can feel the anxiety like leave my body as I sit with him. And I'm not rushing through it and I'm not checking it off the list, but I'm just sitting with my God because I desire to spend time with him and I desire to get to know him. So that was kind of a little bit of a spill. But I would really love for you to open your Bible, if you have it right now, um, to Psalm 86. If you don't have it, maybe pause this and grab your Bible or wait until you can um, have your Bible in front of you and then just open it up and let's go through this together. So I'm not even going to like start by reading this whole thing and then going through it because that's actually not how I study scripture. And once again, I will say that there is not like a right or wrong way to study scripture. There's not like a specific formula, but there are different places you can start. And so I'm just going to show you guys how I sit with the Lord and study scripture today. And yeah, so Psalm 86 was written by David, and we're just going to jump right in. And so, verse one says, Incline your ear, O God, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. So, like, right off the bat, David is like, God, please listen to me. Like, please hear me, God, and please answer. And then he puts himself in the right place before God and says, I am poor and needy. Like he recognizes his desperation and his neediness before the Lord. And then he's asking the Lord like God, please hear me. Verse two, preserve my life for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. So David, David knows that he is a godly man, that he is in pursuit of the Lord, that he is a servant of God. And he's like reminding God, he's like, God, please preserve my life because there are men out there who are trying to kill David right now. That is where he is at right now. And so he's saying, God, please preserve my life for I'm godly. He says, God, remember I am your servant. God, I trust in you. You are my God. And anytime that Psalms or like anywhere in scripture says you are my God, I put a box around it or I circle it because I love saying that and I say that to God every single day, almost I say, God, you are my God. And I'm actually really possessive of God because like, He is my God. He is my heavenly father. He is my best friend. And I just love whenever scripture says you are my God, because that's what I get to say to my God every single day. Verse three, be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you, I do cry all the day. He's saying, God, like, please show me mercy. Please be gracious to me in these circumstances right now because you are the one that I'm crying to all day. So again, he's recognizing the authority of God and he's saying, it's to you that I'm crying. Like he's not just crying and moping to himself. Like David is crying out to God because he knows who God is, which means that God has to be listening. Um, Verse four, um, gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. So David is in a really hard place right now. Like, literally, men are trying to kill him. He's crying out to the Lord. And then he says, please gladden the soul of your servant. Because one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. And so if we have the Holy Spirit within us, then we will experience joy. And it might not be all the time. And we're not going to feel happy all the time. But we can ask the Lord, that God please give your servant joy because I am struggling. And he says to you, God, do I lift up my soul? And really it's like one of the most healing and one of the most empowering and life-changing things I've experienced is to simply like recognize who God is and to adore him and to lift my soul up to him. And that's what David is doing right here. And so like literally this is a prayer, guys. Do you recognize that? Like this, this whole thing, David is talking to God. And so honestly, just pray through this. Verse five, for you, O Lord, are good and forgiving. So he's he's recognizing attributes of God. I circle those in my Bible. Anytime I open my Bible, I have a pen. My thin thin ink black pen, I pull it out, and I'm circling and I'm underlining and I'm writing things in my journaling Bible. And so I circle good and I circle forgiving because those are attributes of my God. He is abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon him. David's talking to God. So he says, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. So anyone who talks to the Lord and anyone who cries out to the Lord and calls upon the Lord will receive his steadfast love because he is good and because he's forgiving. And because he's forgiving, like when we run back to him, like he's not disappointed in us. And when we run back to him, he's not like upset with us. He literally loves us so much and forgives us. And gives us His abundant, steadfast love. Verse six. Give ear, O God, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. Plea for grace. In the day of trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. So again, David is saying, like God, please listen to me. Like I'm praying to you. I am pouring my soul out to you. Listen to me. I'm asking for your grace and mercy. He says, in the day of trouble, I call upon you for you answer me. So he knows that God answers him. He's asking God to listen and he's asking God to answer him. And he knows that it's coming. He fully expects the Lord to answer him, even when it hasn't happened yet, which means that, you know, our God is faithful. Like that, that tells us that my God is faithful. Verse eight, there is none like you among the gods O Lord nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. So, okay, verse 8, he's saying, like, there is none among the gods like you, O Lord, like, any man-made religion, any man-made God on this earth, any anything we idolize, even, like, not religions or gods, but, like, things that we idolize in our lives do not even compare to the lord like there are none like him there's no work there are no works like him no one can perform miracles and create the way that god has like he is so holy and he is so set apart and like that alone makes him so completely and utterly worthy of our worship And then verse 9 says that all nations that you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, meaning that every tongue and every tribe and every language are going to be around the throne of God at the end of time. Like David is recognizing that right now, like God created every single person on this planet and every single nation on this planet, although they have not yet heard or known the name of Jesus. There is going to come a time when every single nation that is on this earth, people from every single nation are going to be around his throne, praising him and worshiping worshiping him. And that literally like just puts a smile on my face when I read that, because that is my God and that is what he deserves. And whenever I think about all of his children worshiping him like that, it's just like, wow, like he is so worthy of our honor and so worthy of our praise. And it just... I sit here and I just want to meditate on that. And sometimes when I'm reading scripture, I mean like all the time when I'm reading scripture, certain verses will jump out to me and I'll just sit on it and I'll ponder that and think about that and talk about, the, talk about it with the Lord and write it in my journal. And like literally there are verses that I'll sit on for an entire semester and just read every single day or remember every single day or write on note cards and put them up or write them on a whiteboard or just like different things like that to meditate on them continually. Um, but back to this real quick. Verse 10, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. So he's saying, you know, again, like, God, you are great. You do wondrous things. You alone are God. And he says alone, like there is no other God. There is nothing else that can compare. Nothing else that should take our attention and our worship and our praise, but him. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth unite my heart to fear your name. So he's saying, okay, God, like teach me, which literally one of my favorite, literally favorite things is to ask the Lord to keep teaching me and keep calling me on my sin. And he keeps doing it. Like whenever I first read Psalms um, toward the end of my senior year of high school, the Lord was teaching me so much about himself and myself and his character and what life with him was going to look like. And I thought that he was going to stop teaching me. Like I just thought that it was a high and it was going to end. And yes, there are spiritual highs and you're probably not always going to be on this spiritual high where you just like want to sit down with your Bible all the freaking time. And that's fine. But like literally the Lord has not stopped calling me out of my sin, and He hasn't stopped teaching me in the last couple of years, and it has been so beautiful. and it's been literally the most exciting thing I've ever experienced in my whole life because He's pursuing me so hard, and he's pursued me so hard, and he wants an intimate relationship with me. And I get to experience that, and I keep asking him, like God, keep teaching me and keep calling out on my sin. And He keeps doing it. And this is what He's doing with David. Um, he says, that I may walk in your truth. Like we ask the Lord to teach us so that we can actually live in a manner worthy of our calling. And so that we can actually like walk in a way that he has called us to. And he says, unite my heart to fear your name. And he says, unite, which means, you know, like if he's asking God to unite his heart, I think, okay, well unite my heart. What does that mean? So it probably means like, take my heart and, Make its attention undivided for you. Like, I only want my heart to worship you. I only want my heart to desire you and to want you and to bring glory and praise to you. So give me an undivided heart. Don't let me have disordered loves. Don't let me idolize things or love things more than I love you, God. I really think that's what he's saying here. And then 12, I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart. So he transitions into giving thanks to the Lord. Remember, this is a prayer. He says, I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. And remember, guys, at the beginning of this prayer, David is like, God, incline your ear and answer me because people are trying to kill me. Like, please save my life. And then he Down here, he's like, I give thanks to you with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Like, even in the midst of sorrow and in the midst of, like, fleeing for his life and being in such a desperate and poor state, David is praising and thanking God for who he is. 13, he says, for great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Sheol being like, hell, guys. He says, great is your steadfast love toward me for you have delivered my soul from hell. And so even when life on earth here for David is, it, it sucks and it's really, really painful. And he's asking the Lord for mercy and grace here. He's also recognizing that God has saved him. God has delivered him because he trusts in the name of the Lord. His soul has been delivered from hell. Like just having that eternal perspective and that eternal mindset of our God, like even when bad things are happening here, like with an eternal mindset, the Lord has already delivered my soul from hell. Like, and now, like now that Jesus has come, like we know that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. And like, God doesn't owe us anything. That's that's something he's had to teach me. That so he doesn't owe us anything, and we can praise him because he's delivered us from hell, and we get to have an eternal relationship with him. So just sitting here and like praising him. Um verse 14 Oh God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seeks my life, and they do not set you before them. So he's saying, God. Men have risen up against me and they are trying to kill me. And these men do not, these men do not honor you. They are not pursuing you. They do not set you before them. So it's men that are not believers, that are not Christians. People are trying to destroy him. And just reading that and recognizing that there are going to be people, if there haven't already, who are not seeking the best for you, who are delighting when bad things happen to you and when your circumstances are not well and whenever life is not good for you, like that is what they want and people intend for evil evil things to happen to you. And David is recognizing that, but then he says, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So he literally addresses what is going on, that men are trying to seek his life. And then he turns his attention back to the Lord and knows that God is showing him mercy and God is showing him grace and God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And he trusts the Lord to take care of that. He trusts the Lord to bring justice in this situation, which he talks about a lot more in other Psalms. But like he's literally trusting the Lord with these circumstances. And once again, recognizing just who his God is. Verse 16 Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. So once again, like, God, be gracious to me. And like, why would David have to ask the Lord for his grace if he wasn't a sinner? And just recognizing that, you know, the strongest believers and the strongest Christians are going to be the ones that are most willing to repent before the Lord. And that's what David is constantly doing. He's repenting of his sin. He's like, God, I know that I am a sinner and I am in need of your grace. So please keep giving me your grace. Like give me grace for today. Give me strength for today. And then verse 17, the last verse says, show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see me and may see and be put to shame because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. So here he's, he's asking God, he's saying, those who hate me and who are trying to kill me, may they see and be put to shame. So once again, he's not going to do anything to seek justice or vengeance here. He's not going to try to get revenge, but he's putting that in the hands of the Lord and saying, Lord, people who are not honoring your name and people who hate me, will you put them to shame? Like I am letting you take that place in my life and I'm not going to seek vengeance here, but I'm going to give that to you. And he's asking him like, put those to shame who are not honoring your name and who are seeking evil for me. And then he just leaves it to the Lord and that's it. And then he says, because you Lord have helped me and comforted me. And I just see that after this whole prayer, He ends it with, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Like, his circumstances through this whole prayer have not changed. People are still trying to kill him. His life is still really hard right here. But he knows that the Lord has helped him before. And the Lord will help him again. And the Lord has comforted him before. And the Lord will continue to comfort him. And he is secure because his security and his confidence and his foundation and his eternity is in the Lord. And it's not going to be shaken. It's not something that men can take away from him. It literally is just in the Lord. And he has sat here and just like recognized how powerful and awesome our God is this whole time and has dwelled on that and talked about you know, his state before the Lord of being poor and needy, but also reminding God, like, I am your servant. I am godly. Please help me. Please make me joyful. And recognizing, God, you are good. You are forgiving. Please listen to me. You do great and wondrous things. Please make my heart undivided for you. Your love is steadfast, and you've delivered my soul from hell. And God, people hate me, and people are trying to kill me, but I trust you with that. God, you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You have helped me and you have comforted me. And so, guys, I just I want you to realize that when it comes to studying scripture, like I did not pull out a devotional here. I did not need a Bible study to do this. Well, I highly recommend. I would say if you're a believer, you need to be um, surrounded by believers and studying the Word together and praying together. But for your personal, intimate relationship with the Lord, like, you just need the Bible, guys. Like, you just need to pull out His Word and decide that like, you're not going to flip it open and just, like, point, point at a verse and be like, okay, bam, like, that's what God has for me. But just, like, pray. Pray dive into it. And like, this is where, like after reading this, this is where I would really just talk to the Lord about it. And I would open my journal and maybe rewrite it, rewrite the Psalms in my own words or the things that really stood out to me and just like talk to the Lord about it and ask him to bring it to my mind throughout the day. And just reading this, like I was reminded over and over again of just who my God is. And those are the kind of things that are going to take away my anxiousness and my uneasiness for the day is just refocusing my mind on the Lord and recognizing who he is and then saying, okay, now what does this mean for me today? Like this means that I am going to continually recognize who you are, God. It means that I am going to be in constant communication with you so I don't forget these things. It means that I'm not going to seek like vengeance or revenge or ill will on anyone. Like, I'm going to leave justice up to you, God, when it comes to these things. Um, so just like reading to know him and then applying as we talk to him about it. Um, so that's really all I have for you today. And this, we've been recording for like 24 minutes. Um, but I didn't want it to be scripture or anything. I just wanted to go through this literally fresh, like the way that I would whenever I'm studying with the Lord. It took a little bit longer, obviously, because I'm like talking it out with you guys. But if you don't know where to start and you want to get into scripture, I would say Psalms are an amazing place, especially if you're in a place where circumstances may really, really suck and you're experiencing a lot of different emotions. Um, Psalms. I would also say, you know, just pick out one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, just pick one of those and read it and ask yourself, you know, like, what is this telling me about God? How did Jesus live? How did Jesus respond to things? How did his disciples respond? Okay, what does this mean for me, God, now? Or then, like, transitioning from one of the gospels into Acts, like, how did how were, how were did the early church live? How were believers living and acting after Jesus left, but they had the Holy Spirit? Like, just reading to reading the Bible to know God and not looking at it as like this manual for your life that you have to read every day and check it off, but reading it just to have like an intimate relationship with your heavenly father, Satan does not want you to have that. And so I encourage you to just try like to just go for it. I also read Philippians this last semester and just like reading it like little chunk by chunk, like Philippians is it's four chapters, but it's divided into little chunks. And so just reading it and like learning about the character of God through Philippians and through Paul and just how how we should be living as Christians, um, talking about like the humility of Christ. I would say literally guys, just pick, pick a book, pick a book of the Bible to go through, get a journal, have your spot that you can go to, put it, start, start a routine start in the morning, like get your coffee, sit down with the Lord. When you get home from school, make it a habit, find a coffee shop or a certain place in your house or wherever where you're going to not really be interrupted. And you can just give the Lord your time, turn your phone off, or just like leave your phone in the other room. Like seriously, I make my coffee in the morning and I have to leave my phone in the other room or else I will get on it. And so just know that about yourself. If you're going to get on your phone, if you're going to be distracted, um, just give this time to the Lord. Um, If you listen to this and you have any further questions about studying scripture, um, I hope that this was helpful, but I also want to say that um, if you have other questions about studying the scripture and just like having a relationship with Jesus and finding intimacy with him through his word, um, please feel free to find me on Instagram, ashland.beagley, and send me a message Please seek out um, other believers to study scripture with. Ask a friend to study with you once a week or something. Get plugged into a Bible study, but also make sure that you're spending this time alone with the Lord too. And that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you were encouraged by today's episode, I want to ask you to pause, take a screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram story, tag me in it at ashlyn.beegley and tell me what your favorite part was. Tell me what you wanna hear more of and just share it with your friends so that we can get this out to more people and so that I can see what has been encouraging you, what you like, what you wanna hear more of. And then if you wanna help me out a little bit more, I would love if you would join me in just praying for this podcast, praying for this ministry. And then also if you want to leave a five-star review and written review on the podcast app, that's super helpful. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to dive in to some more episodes with you.